everyone, and welcome to It's Your Water. I'm glad you found us. I'm Mike Urbans, and today we have a special guest, Ted Begg with Pure Light. Hi, Ted. Hey, Michael. How you doing? Thanks for having me here. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming. It's your second trip here. It is. He's a popular guy here. Now, Ted has a pretty impressive resume. If uh, you guys didn't listen to our podcast, Ted did the ones called Getting Down with Anine. Because we've always had this issue with anion and pH, which would drop the pH. So listen to that one. Listen to uh, Ted's incredibly impressive resume. How long you've been with Pure Light? You and I were both very young back then. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> but, I'm still uh, younger. I started in 1990, so I'll be 32 years in, in uh, April oh, this, wow. this well, coming year. God, I started... Well, you were in the industry longer, but I started 1985 with ResChem. There you go. Pure Light has been uh, an innovator with Ion Exchange. I mean, a real big innovator, actually. They have a lot of new products, a lot of twists on products, and um, you know that's what makes them unique, big, and powerful. But today, I want to talk about something it's I've used, and for my friends out there that like me to hear this, another tool in the toolbox. It's called SST60. It differs pretty much entirely from all other ion exchange resins. And we'll, we'll stick with the cation for this because most of my listeners are the water treatment dealer types. Sure, sure. We could we can touch base on some of the other SST yeah, that, products. I will, yeah, yeah. which is kind of, you know, that's the geek in me. SST differs pretty much entirely from other ion exchange resins because it uses shallow shell technology. Very good. Yeah, Shell SST, right? That's the acronym. Yep, Shallow Shell Technology. We also refer to it as salt-saving technology. See See where we're going here? (laughs) And it has a different part number now. We used to do the SST, so now it's SST6000E. Right, so the potable grade would be SSTC6000E, and the industrial grade is just standard SSTC60. C60. And uh, when everybody runs to order this at the end of the podcast. What makes it so unique? I know what makes it unique, but you're the man. Okay. You know? You're the man. Well, I think the best way to describe SST is to, to first talk about standard softening resin. Right. What, what does it look like? Mm-hmm. And I think everybody listening here would probably know that standard ion exchange resins are a bead, right? It's a, a bead that can range between... 0.3 millimeters and 1.2 millimeters, kind of a normal distribution. Mm-hmm. But all resins start off with a copolymer, and the copolymer is made from two monomers. One is styrene and one is divinylbenzene. And you've probably heard of divinylbenzene referred to as DVB, and that's a crosslinker. And mm-hmm. what I've always said about the crosslinking is kind of the glue that holds the bead together. Mm-hmm. The more crosslink you have, the tougher the bead is, more resilient it is. Yeah. So we start with a copolymer, and then in the case of a softening resin, we activate it with sulfuric acid to put exchange groups on, known as sulfonic acid groups. So you have this bead with millions and millions of exchange groups on it, sulfonic acid groups, that mm-hmm. are in the sodium form. So the sulfonic acid group, which is negative, has a positive sodium associated with it and that's what exchanges for the hardest in the water gotcha now with a regular bead it's completely activated from the middle of the bead all the way into the core all the way out to the surface Mm -hmm. 
the difference now with SST is that we do a controlled activation where we only activate about 60% of the radius of the bead. Gotcha. Now, some people say, oh, you're only activating 60%. Am I right. losing capacity? Well, if you do the math, that's still about 94% of the total bead volume. So you're not losing any capacity. And actually, you're going to gain operating capacity because of the way it's designed. So just imagine you have a bead with an inner core that's just that styrene divinyl benzene. Mm -hmm. And around that core, you have activated groups that will do the exchange. So why is this more efficient? Well, what you've done is you've reduced the diffusion path that the ions, in the case of softening calcium magnesium, have to diffuse into the bead, and they don't go all the way to the core. They go about about 60% of the radius of the bead. It's kind of, I want to stop here real quick. I explain it as the business end of a, a sponge, a kitchen sponge, mm -hmm. the business end is only the outside. You're right. using the, only the outside. Correct. But then all the yucky stuff <laughs> happens on the inside of that. So it's almost like you're making a kitchen sponge with a solid core so you don't get all the soap and whatever on the inside, which is kind of like wasted space. To basically describe it a little bit further, why it's more efficient is that diffusion path is slower. So when you regenerate with the brine, mm -hmm. the brine's got a chance to go in, mm -hmm. exchange for all that calcium magnesium that you've taken out during the service cycle and take it out much more efficiently because with a whole bead, the brine has to go all the way into the center of the bead and come out. And come out. Mm -hmm. Well, most regeneration cycles doesn't afford you that amount of time to do that. Right. So what you end up with is a more efficient regeneration, which means it's exchanged more of the calcium magnesium that you've collected during the service cycle and it's removing a majority of that. Right. And also iron or manganese, yeah, if yeah. that's in the water too, is very efficient. So you end up with actually a cleaner bead. And when you think about a cleaner bead, the cleaner bead is not going to leak as much hardness during the next service run because there's less of it left in the bead. Left over. Like left right. soap left in the sponge. Exactly. Kinda. Exactly. Yeah. So that's really the beauty of the SST concept, shallow mm -hmm. shell technology. It's got a shorter diffusion path. Mm -hmm. So the rate of exchange going in and out of the bead is much faster. You end up with a cleaner bead and you use less salt, mm -hmm. up to 20% less salt. Wow. Not only do you use less salt, you need less rinse water, water. Right. to rinse the resin after you do the regeneration. So a typical regeneration you'll use about probably up to two or three bed volumes mm -hmm. of water for rinsing for the slow rinse and up to five more bed volumes for the fast rinse before you go into service, before you hit that target mm -hmm. hardness level that you want to maintain in the household or wherever you're treating. Mm -hmm. Boiler feed water, for instance. Right. So with the SST, you're talking about one bed volume versus two or three for the slow rinse. Right. You're talking about one and a half bed volumes versus three to five bed volumes for the fast rinse. That's a lot of water that you're water, saving. Especially in commercially industrially, too. Exactly. I mean, that's like 
that's really quantifiable. And actually, I'm glad you brought that up, Mike, because it's important to allow the user of the product to demonstrate there's a cost performance involved here where there's a payback, an ROI. Mm -hmm. What we're finding with the use of SST, despite the fact that it's probably about twice the cost of standard cation, the end user cost, Mm -hmm. the payback on the higher cost is six to eight months. So within six to eight months, that salt savings, the water savings, and in the case of industrial operations, you can't discount the cost of wastewater treatment. Okay, Mm -hmm. So those three elements, you're reducing them so much that your payback on the more expensive resin is going to be between six and eight months. After that, it's all in your pocket. Right, right. And that question that's floating in my brain is, is it any stronger, like, you know, how we went through 10% cross-linking, you know, is it, does the shallow shell make it any weaker or stronger to chlorine or oxidation attack? It's really the same chemistry. As I mentioned before, it's the styrene DVB copolymer with sulfonic acid groups on it. SST is the same as standard resin, same type of chemistry. Mm-hmm. So chlorine will affect it just will as much it. as it will. Yeah. However, it can tolerate very high flow rates. For instance, hmm. an industrial laundry would be a good example, where they're running at linear velocities that are off the chart and can at times, and also if there's chlorination involved to, to weaken the resin, that this standard resin will break down very quickly, mostly because of the high flow rates. SST, we do a what's called a Chatelon test, a bead hardness test, and it's in terms of so many grams per bead. And typically what you want to see industrial-wide is 350 grams of pressure per bead or more. SST C6000E or SST C60 is off the charts. It goes beyond what the actual machine can measure. So it's greater than 1,000 grams per bead. It's a very, very tough, resilient product. Strong, physically strong. Right. Squish strong. Right. And the other thing, too, is that because you have that inner core, the shrink swell, which is about 6%. Right. With, with strong acid cation resin, it's about half that. Right. So Very for little the, swelling. For the, like the uninitiated, you know, we can, Ted and I can geek out here huge, but when you regenerate uh, a cation bead or an anion bead, but a cation acts differently, it actually microscopically swells and contracts. So right. as you brine it, it swells? It will. It will. Not tremendously, not like an anion, which will, will swell when you go from, say, a chloride to a hydroxide form, if you're using it as a demineralizer, it can expand 15 to 20%. Yeah, anion can really expand. But that will physically break down a bead over time, too. That just regeneration cycles, it, you know, 10, right. 15 years down the road, or industrially sooner because you got more and more cycles and more and more punishment. So the SST really shines in a lot of different ways. That's a great point, Mike. Um, Actually, I didn't even think of it that way, but life of the resin is really a function of how many times you regenerate it, how many cycles they go through from mm-hmm. exhaustion to regeneration to, you know, to exhaustion. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, it's the toughest chemistry that bead's going to see. Mm-hmm. It's normally seeing regular water, right? Now you're putting a 10% brine to it, which can create a little bit of osmotic shock, which will tend to break the bead down. Mm-hmm. But again, over time, cation resins, will they're treated properly, you should probably see about eight to 10 years on a, on a brine cycle. Yeah. 
and no oxidation. You know, we, we try to tell everybody, but it's hard to herd the cats that uh, they should remove chloramine chlorine before you get into any cation and anion because it reacts with that chemistry of the bead and it acts as an oxidizer and it slowly but surely will break the bead down. And then the more uh, regeneration cycles, the more susceptible to the chlorine attack because you're um, swelling the bead, contracting the bead, you're working the bead, and the chlorine is only added, added extra stress on the bead. And especially, I was always told, as most of us do, we use on the East Coast here anyway, we remove a large amount of iron, the ferrous iron, with cation because it works so darn well. And our pH tends to be a little bit lower, and our uh, manganese and iron is very dissolved in an ionically friendly state. However, a regular, this is why I was segueing into something, does it remove iron better, or is it better for iron removal? A regular cation bead has all those nooks and crannies that can fill up with garbage, and that's what fouls out the bead. But you put chlorine to that, now it has even a, a host of garbage that the chlorine can cling to, and you can accelerate the problem uh, of degradation of your bead. You're way. basically oxidizing the iron in place in the resin bead mm-hmm. with the oxidant, the chlorine. Yeah. So, but just recall what I, I said earlier about uh, regeneration efficiency. Because the, the SST product is so efficient at regenerating, even at lower doses it keeps the resin cleaner. So it's not going to retain as much iron or manganese within the bead as opposed to a standard resin. Right. I, I think Mike has some clients over in New Jersey that have been using SST for, mm-hmm. I can say decades now, yeah. because this product was really brought to the market in the early 90s. Yeah. It's an iron buster is basically what it is. Yeah. Um, I did want to mention we have lots of case histories for both municipal water for produced water where they're doing the oil sands and they're separating oil from from the sand out in the west coast and Bakersfield and then up in up in uh, western Canada, yeah. Fort McMurray, where the water is very, very high TDS. It can be up to eight to nine thousand ppm of total dissolved solids, with maybe hundred to hundred and fifty parts of hardness in there. Well that TDS won't allow a standard resin to meet the 0.5 ppm hardness leakage required for the boilers that produce the water and steam that goes down into the earth to, to separate the tar, uh, the, the oil from the sand. And SST can do that with no problems at all at about 20% salt savings. So you can imagine with a high TDS like that, they had really have to hit it hard. Usually you hit it with 20% salt and you're talking 20 to 22 pounds per cubic foot. And you just dial the injector back to about 16 pounds and you've not lost in terms of leakage or a throughput. You're still maintaining the same throughput at, at the leakage that's desired for the plant. Yeah, I had a guy in Saratoga Springs, New York, where the hardness is 105 grains uh, up there. No other cation would bring it down to zero except for SST60. So there you go. There, that's kind of a different application, but it's a high hardness background, uh, higher TDS, and SST was the only thing it would bring it back down to zero hard. So we're basically telling everybody, where would I apply this material? Mm-hmm. Okay, 
in special situations, as we mentioned earlier, the high TDS, high iron, high manganese. We have a guy up in, and this is a, a reference we can provide, we have a guy up in Maine that treats 25 to 35 ppm of iron, two to three parts of manganese, and I won't lie, um, he'll have to clean it periodically with a, a phosphoric or a citric type base chemical, but it's producing less than one part per million of iron. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Hardness is, is less. Iron and manganese are both below the MCL. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a beast. Yeah, that's why we like it. And again, that's why it's another tool in the toolbox. Now, flipping back to, say, guys want to do a commercial, but it's quote-unquote, the sticker shock, not that bad, though, but um, for the the customer to say, okay, we have this product that will do this for you. And, you know, if the world is going to a lower brine discharge, there's a lot of water police out there that really want to see a green initiative. We have a customer right now, we can't tell you who it is, but they want to do the SST because they want to tout that to their shareholders that they are now reducing, you know, we use the new technology that's reducing our waste profile, our brine profile, blah, blah, blah. So it's a feel-good thing for them, too, and the shareholders. But how do we prove? Does Pure Light provide a, a service where we can actually model the incoming water, the usage, and improve to this customer, say, look, here it is. On paper, this is what you're going to save. What do my customers need to provide us if you could run that program for us? Great question, Mike. Actually, we have a suite of performance models, programs, that are on our website. They're referred to as PRISM, P-R-S-M. Yeah. You can go to the purelight.com, and on the, on the landing page of Purelight, you'll see that there's a, an area where you can get into the PRISM programs. Initially, you'll have to register. Within, I'm going to say within 24 hours, you'll be registered and allowed to be use these programs. So the beauty of these programs is that they're built based on providing a client with cost performance information. Mm -hmm. So take the softening program. What we need for the softening program is basically your equipment design, or let's start, if we're designing a new piece of equipment, let's start there. Yeah, I can So we'll need the that. average flow rate. We'll need the water quality of full water analysis, cations and anions. Okay, this is all input into the, uh, the softening program that you're going to use. And you can use it, not just, you know, this is open to the public. Mm -hmm. So you also need to know what your leakage requirements are. Do I have to make less than half a part per million or... Is it a municipal water plant where you want to retain 60 to 80 ppm of hardness? So I'm going to treat part of the stream and re-blend in. Mm -hmm. Well, the program will do that for you. You can put in a bypass amount hmm. to get the hardest level that you want that your customer yeah. is requiring. So the beauty of the program is that you can compare mm -hmm. standard resin versus SST. Yeah. Okay? okay. Now, you also need the cost of salt. The client's cost for water, water yeah. which you're going to be rinsing with, and your client's cost for wastewater, if they have a, a wastewater cost associated with it. Mm -hmm. This is all put into the program as well. The program will basically give you a basic design for the system, mm -hmm. tank diameter, bed depth of the resin, et cetera, et cetera. 
and it will predict the leakage. And then most importantly, it will show you whether or not you will be able to get a return on your investment for the higher cost for the SSD product. Mm -hmm. It'll give you the ROI in a percent, but it will also give you payback in months. And as I mentioned earlier, typically what we see is about a, a, a six to eight month payback period. And these are for big jobs. I mean, you know, when, when we want to use this for residential, we're going to think of it more of as a marketing tool, you differentiate yourself. Plus, if you have the high iron, high uh, manganese background, you, you probably don't need the prism no, to no, run that. that for but that. for commercial industrial, uh, it's, it's a wonderful tool. And when Ted was saying, you know, like the quality of water, like a hotel doesn't care if you have one part Per million of hardness leakage you know they probably don't care they won't see it in the laundry they won't see it anywhere but an industrial boiler you got to have zero so that's most important to what is your application and do you care about a little bit of hardness leaking by because you can run cation with a huge differential and a gallon a minute sure. per square foot we use 10 to 20 mm -hmm. 10 being a critical boiler gallon a minute per square foot 20 being a, eh, you know, apartment building, hotel or something where they don't really don't care. The higher you go in, as Mike was saying, linear velocity gallons per minute per square foot, your tank diameters get smaller. Because you, you can think uh, so many gallons per minute going through a surface area of square feet of a tank. Mm -hmm. The more square feet you have, the lower the LV is going to be. And actually, the lower the pressure drop. But you'll have a smaller footprint if you run a higher LV, as Mike was saying, at 20 GPM per square foot. Your tank diameter at that flow rate is going to be a lot smaller than at 10 GPM per square foot. So squeezing it into a small utility room at a hotel or a hospital or something like that, uh, you're going to want to run at the higher linear velocities, and the SST is designed for that. Yeah, yeah. I think we've pretty much covered everything about it. It's a great, unique product. I mean... Last week, I just realized there was an anionic SST for about 88.9% of the listeners. Yes. <laughs> They're probably yeah. not going to need an anion, but it's, it follows the same. Yeah, same principles. Yeah. So l let me just let you know about the SST product line. So we have yeah. the cation, which we went over just now, the strong acid cation. It's mm -hmm. the SST C60 for industrial the 6000E for municipal or drinking water applications, your home water softeners, et cetera, all potable water. Anything with an E on our products is basically good for food contact and, and uh, potable water. We have a weak acid cation as well, SSTC 104. We also have strong base anions. We have a type 1 and a type 2. If you listen to the last podcast, you'll know all about type 2 resins. Mm -hmm. But they're the most common strong base anions, type 1 and type 2. We do not have a weak base. Uh, we don't see that necessary right now because mm -hmm. they're essentially weak bases are very efficient resins. Mm -hmm. But now we're getting into using of acid and caustic. Okay, so don't be intimidated by that. If you see some opportunities out there, mm -hmm. you know, call Mike up. We'll work with you on that. And I was also going to say before, if you're more accustomed to working with small units for residential, that type of thing, Softener is a softener. It doesn't matter whether you're putting through 5 GPM or 500 GPM. They all operate the same way. So if you see an opportunity to change out standard cation in a big system with the SST, go for it. 
Yeah. We're here to help you. It might get you the job over yeah. anybody else because it does have a very unique profile. The savings can be proven to those people. It's not a gimmick. It's been around for a long time. And everybody's like saying, why now? Well, there's a lot of my customer base that are using it right now. And they're you know quite happy in it. Everything uh, that we say it's doing is doing. And it's differentiating their product. Exactly. Differentiating, you're bringing value to the client, you're just not bringing a me too. Mm -hmm. So you're going to separate yourself from everybody else. But I just want to repeat Mike's comment before on, he didn't use the wording, but sustainability. As Mike pointed out, every big corporation has a sustainability clause in their annual report. A lot of them have a tough time keeping up with it and mm -hmm. making, meeting that goal. Right. Well, SST is the whole suite of resins, but the cat resin for sure you're bringing that sustainability to the client in salt savings and water savings. Mm -hmm. And that's going to attract them. That might make them even ignore the higher cost, even though they're getting a great payback. Mm -hmm. It's going to help them with their sustainability clause and their, their stockholder is going to be very happy with that. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And, uh, and also your homeowners would be real happy because they're using a little less salt and get a lot more iron. Yeah. It's like, uh, what did Elvis say? A little less talk and a little more action. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so think of that as the, the Elvis Presley of resins, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I have to, I digress. You know, yeah. it wouldn't be this podcast unless I did something goofy. Of course. But did we cover just about everything, I think? I think yeah. so. Yeah, I, I, I mean, just... we don't want to bore everybody. It's just a... It's a great product that I just thought, Denise, of course, she beats me in a submission on these uh, podcasts, you know, with new ideas and everything. And I have a million ideas in my head, but I said, man, I said, Ted lives so close by. We're, we're both triple vaccinated, all good to go. And I wanted to bring him in here live. I think the quality of the podcasts are better. Just one other point. I encourage you guys to go to the purelight.com website. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to search, there's a little magnifying glass that every website has on the top right corner of the, the homepage. Just type in shallow shell technology, and it'll take you to the all the SST information. Uh -huh. And, of course, if you have any questions, give Mike a holler. Yep. And, again, we'd be more than happy to work with you on jobs, on larger yeah. jobs oh, that yeah. you may not normally go after. But Yeah, we did uh, we coupled together just recently here. You know, I'm sure... I'd near positive they're going to buy it because they want to uh, have the sustainability. You know, it's a big public corporation. So it's it's an upsell. All right. Well, thanks, Ted. And uh, trust the frog, everybody. Thank you, Michael. And thank you, everybody out there. It's been a pleasure coming over to Mike's and, and doing the podcast. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.